Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. That's right. Ooh, that's right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for joining. And if you don't already, please follow at RMK Madness on the Twitter, the Grams, all that stuff. <sighs> Hope everyone had a great Turkey Day. Turkey Day is really the reason, well, there's several reasons that this is coming out. This is going to be, re- well, see, okay, full transparency. Turkey Day, well, I just didn't feel like doing much to me. <laughs> I had intended on potting that night, and I decided to wait till Friday night, do a little Saturday release, no biggie with the holiday and everything. And then Friday night, I recorded my Miscellaneous Debris podcast, which you should definitely check out, called Turkey Observations. That's the name of this week's episode. Anyway, you can find that wherever you find this one. But I got that recorded, and then I started having difficulties with my iPad. Now, this happens from time to time. Damn iPad causes problems with the memory, storage, and I can't get everything done that I want to get done. And if you hear this little sound, there's a crazy sound that just pops out of nowhere from inside of my fucking walls. Okay, I'm pretty sure it comes from the neighbor's house. It's got to you. Because I've heard this noise before, and I've gone walking around the house and not noticed anything, anywhere. But it comes and it goes. It popped up last night when I was recording miscellaneous debris, so it's funny. It must wait for me to pod this sound. But continuing on. So, technical difficulties, right? And I basically spent all day before work today trying to figure it out and I finally got to figure it out so here we are Saturday night recording this will come out Sunday so you can catch it before the games start if you want also coming out in the morning will be my infirmary article that's right player profilers injury report weekly injury report so check that out get my thoughts on everything happening in the world of injury because there's a lot this week there's a lot A lot of COVID stuff. A lot of stuff going on. (laughs) But for Turkey Day, it was fun. It was fun. Had a good one. Had a good one. Ate around noon, you know, turkey, potatoes, all the normal stuff. Sweet Hawaiian rolls, which I love so much. Wife did a few different desserts. Uh, Did some pie crust stuff. Made these little, like, cinnamon bite things. And made, like pocket pies, mini pocket pie, like you might get at McDonald's. She did a fantastic job. Good stuff. Napped late afternoon, did watch the football, and, you know, so we might as well get into the whole recap of what happened on Thursday, right? Might as well get into Turkey Day football. That's right, that's right. First game, you had Houston at Detroit. And both games were kind of blowouts, huh? Houston, 41 points. Detroit, 25. Will Fuller went off. Six catches for 171 yards, two touchdowns. Watson had four TDs. Duke Johnson was solid in the game. Still nothing spectacular. Better than previous. (laughs) Adrian Peterson had two touchdowns. And Hawk led the receiving core with five catches for 89 yards. That's it. Just uh, Detroit. I've said this before. Number one. 
they don't have the greatest team around. And, like, the defense isn't great. You know, they... And then you take away Kenny Galladay, and that's a problem. And even though they got a little bit of run on the ground from AP and, 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 and carry on Johnson, it's still no DeAndre Swift. So it's just struggle for them. And then Matt Patricia and the GM, Bob Quinn, is that dude's name? But Matt Patricia and the GM of the Lions both get canned. Unfortunate for them. Never cool to see somebody lose their job, but you knew that one was coming. You knew it was coming. So Patricia out in Detroit. We'll see what they do next year. Our second second Turkey Day game was Washington, the Foreskins, or the football team, whichever you prefer, at the Dallas Cowboys. Washington also scored 41. Defense played really well. Dallas couldn't do much. Zeke was just a bust. I really thought this Dallas offense was going to be okay the rest of the season. And I knew this was going to be a tough matchup. But 41 to 16. Fuck's sake, Dallas. I mean, who can you trust on that team? Amari Cooper, maybe? Ah, it's rough. It is rough. For the Washington side, you had T-Mac. He caught 90. 92 yards off of seven catches. And we did finally get some Logan Thomas love. Only 20 yards off of four catches, but a touchdown. So very good, very good. Going over double digits if you're in that PPR stuffs, right? And the star of the show, really, for that game was Antonio Gibson, who had 115 yards and three touchdowns. Good for him. Looked very good. That, That NFC East is crap. But I do find it interesting that it could come down to Washington or New York. And both are playing not terrible at the moment. <laughs> and then, this was really where all the COVIDness started. Baltimore at Pittsburgh, the final night that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving Day, was taken away. Postponed until Sunday, and then yet again postponed until Tuesday. In addition to Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, you have Lamar Jackson testing positive. He will not play. And then the other side of the ball, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got a bunch of pissed off players, understandably. But then James Conner tests positive. (laughs) So that game may or may not happen. We'll find out. We're not even really going to talk about it. Not even really going to talk about it. We'll find out. That being said, there are other games to talk about in week 12, so let's go ahead and get into our prognosis for this coming week. What the fuck? Oh, the madness of week 12. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into our rapper, rap, rapper, rapper, rapid fire, I'm trying to combine words now, rapid fire prognosis for week 12. 12 game by game, and we begin with the early games. Carolina at Minnesota. Whoo, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, Teddy returns, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater, to Minnesota as the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Personally, I really like where the Panthers are going and then the Vikings, who knows? I think uh, they might have a little too much faith in Mr. Mike Zimmer, personally, but... uh, Teddy will have to return without his star cohort on offense. 
Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be out another week with the shoulder injury. But I still expect a hell of a game from Carolina. Mike Mike Davis will fill in admirably. And I do think these receivers are going to be able to get some work done against the Vikings secondary. And then with Minnesota, you got no Adam Thielen, no Irv Smith. I mean, this could be a very big game for Justin Jefferson. Don't forget about Kyle Rudolph. That's a very sneaky play right there because he's, but you got to think. Jefferson is probably going to get a shit ton of targets, but he's also going to get have the most attention paid to him probably, right? This could leave Kyle Rudolph open for a very big day as well. So I very much like, I guess it's not that snaky when you think about it. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> but that's where I'm going. Moving on to the next game. Cleveland at Jacksonville. Oh, by the way, I do think Carolina pulls that one off. I think Teddy wins it in Minnesota. Cleveland at Jacksonville. For some reason, Mike Glennon is starting for the Jags. I guess they don't want to win any more games. I guess they really want that Mr. Trevor Lawrence fella. So, no DJ Chark, no Chris Conley, but LaVisca Chenault is back. And if I got him, I'd flex him because he's going to have to get the ball to somebody. And I could see Chenault being involved, particularly they like to get him involved all around the field. And then... James Robinson, I really think he's going to get some run in this game, and you just you can't not play him at this point. I mean, he's been that way for a while, though. Been that way for a while. For Cleveland, Chubb is going to continue to roll. I do believe that, but I'd like to see more from the pass game with Baker Mayfield. And come on, a little bit for Richard Higgins, uh, Cordell Hodge. Doesn't seem to be a whole lot going with Jarvis Landry as of late, so we'll see how this one ends up. But I do think we get a little action from the passing game in this one. I do, I do, I do. Now, I got Cleveland winning that one, of course, even though, hey, Jacksonville's no slouch, but they're missing a lot of defensive players and whatnot. They did put up a fight. I know, I know. Stumbling and tumbling and rumbling. But uh, they put up a good fight against the Packers not too long ago, but I, I just uh, I think Cleveland's got this one in the bag. Arizona at New England is the next game. Kyler Murray, a little banged up, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And I do think the Cards are going to be able to pretty much roll New England here, um, despite that the Patriots are playing better. And Larry Fitzgerald has hit the COVID list, and that means Christian Kirk time. Yeah, I think Christian Kirk is going to have... Now, there's been a couple times this year I've thought Kirk was going to have a big game, and he did not. But there was one time that I was right. Remember that? <laughs> oh, jokes and jokes and jokes and maybe not very good jokes, but jokes. And I do think for the Patriots, Cam Newton's going to be solid. I mean, Arizona's defense isn't special. And Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers could get some, some action worth flexing. And I do think they'll put up a fight. Damian Harris, I mean, Arizona's a little tougher against the D, but, you know, that's what the Patriots do and do well. So I do think we're going to get some Damian Harris action. There's no Rex Burkhead, so we could see, could see Sony Michelle. Actually, I never even looked up Sony. Is he coming back? Is he coming back? Is he coming back? Sony Michelle, he is back. Could he play around? So, you got the Sony Michelle back. That's right. But still, it's the Damien Harris show in that backfield. Moving on to the next game, shall we? 
You got the Chargers at the Bills. Should be an interesting game. It could be a shootout. Now, if you look at this Buffalo team, in the past, they were not the same without John Brown. But there's a couple of things to that. During that period of time, it also appeared as though Josh Allen was doing with a, dealing with a bit of a shoulder injury. So that also could have played a factor. And Gabriel Davis has really been stepping up as of late. And he's going to be taking John Brown's spot. That being said, I believe Gabriel Davis is actually capable of playing that role. And so I wonder if it won't really not affect the Bills that much at all. And I do think that the Chargers are also susceptible to the run. So if they can get that run game going, I just think I think that the Bills will be okay. And let's face it. In most cases, Chargers going to charge her. So even if they get... Because I do think Herbert's going to be fine. I think he's going to do his thing, sling the rock around. I mean, you're going to play Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, right? You might as well. And then the return of Austin Eckler. That's right. So he could play a big role. Because they still know Justin Jackson. 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 <laughs> Kalen Blage, questionable to play. So, you know... The return of Eckler could be a very big deal. Because while I like Joshua Kelly, the Chargers don't seem to very much. <laughs> and I do also like Justin Jackson, but he's hurting on IR. So the sight of an Eckler return is has got to be very welcoming for the Chargers. Okay, moving on. Next game. Miami. At New York, the Jets. The Dolphins at the Jets. Tua is doubtful to play. That's a damn shame. They also are still struggling for running back. Salvin Ahmad is going to be out. He's got a shoulder injury. And then Miles Gaskin. He's close to returning, probably next week, but just not quite there. But this could finally be Matt Breida's time. Finally. That would be fantastic. Would love to see it. Would love to see it. And Devontae Parker, I imagine if Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting, he's going to sling it all around us, particularly against his former team, the New York Jets. And I do think this is a big game for Devontae Parker. And for those Jets, Sam Darnold is returning. Likely to struggle a bit against this Miami defense, but I also do believe this. Darnold, he's not stupid. He knows what the Jets are trying to do. He knows they want Trevor Lawrence, he's got to convince them otherwise. And I do still have some belief in Sam Darnold and some hope that he can turn his career around, if not with the Jets, with somebody else. Come on, Steelers. Patriots, somebody. There's no way the Patriots could probably get a hold of him, but come on. Go after Mr. Darnold. And Denzel Mims has been playing... Playing well lately, so keep your eyes on him. Jamison Crowder, of course. And, you know, I don't know what to say about this. They're going to have Frank Gore. I do like Ty Johnson. I liked him when he was on the Lions. And and then you have Josh Adams, who's who had a brief few games with the Eagles. <laughs> like, I just, bleh, bleh, bleh. Next game. Oh, by the way, I'll take the Dolphins in that one. Giants at the Bengals. Oh, no, Joe Burrow. It's a damn shame. No good. No good. 
Downgrade all skill position players. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Brandon Allen. Not even Ryan Finley. That's probably a good thing. But Brandon Allen. Yeah, you got to downgrade the the skilled guys, particularly against a, giant, a tough Giants defense. Now, if Gio Bernard happens to play, I do think he could have a solid game. But I'm Samaje Pira. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just not 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 sold. Not sold. And uh, Daniel Jones, though the Giants quarterback, I think he's going to be really good here. He's been more incorporated into the Giants run game himself lately. They seem to be running the ball well as a team with Wayne Gallman, and and so I do think that the Giants are going to take this one and they're going to play well. And I think particularly. Cincinnati gives up a lot of deep balls, so I could see this being, as receivers go, a Sterling Shepard game. That's right. So, throw him in your DFS lineups. My advice right there. Next game, moving on, we got the Raiders at the Falcons. And, you know, the Raiders are going to come back. They're going to bounce back, and I believe they take this after that tough, close loss to the Chiefs because they seem to be the one team that really plays the Chiefs. I mean, like... It's, it's a very similar teams, right? So now <clears throat> they go up against Atlanta. And I do think Josh Jacobs will be solid here, but I don't think he's going to go crazy. Atlanta ranks eighth versus opposing running backs. Derek Carr's... Uh, Derek Carr? <laughs> David Carr? Derek Carr? It's likely to it out again. So I'm, I'm imagining it's going to be a bit of a Waller game. Uh, I would like to see some Brian Edwards action. Who knows if we'll see that this season at all. Because Nelson Aguilar does seem to be uh, more the coveted receiver right now for Mr. Carr. Not going a ton to Ruggs or Edwards at the moment. A little more Aguilar and then sprinkle in some Renfro. And then on the Falcon side, no Todd Gurley. That means the Brian Hill show this week. And I have mixed feelings because it, you look at the matchup. Las Vegas is 28th against opposing running backs. But I remember last year when when Devontae Freeman was banged up, Brian Hill got his chance, and he was so disappointing, so disappointing when he got the start. So I wonder about that again, particularly with Julio Jones. Now, if I'm in DFS, everybody's going to be on the Brian Hill show pivot somewhere else i just have a feeling but he could have a, he could have a big game i'm not gonna lie i've got him in a couple flex spots i don't know if i'm going that route dfs just because highly owned and i have nightmares really not really nightmares but from my previous time trusting brian hill but again, it's a great matchup, so we'll see. And if there's no Julio, who knows? Because no Julio really puts that Falcon offense in a goddamn bind, and it's just tough. It's just tough. So, there you go. Raiders take it. Next game, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Whoever takes this one could very well take the division, and, well, you know, if the Colts win it, they'll be in a, a pretty good spot coming up. So, it's a big matchup. Temper expectations for that Tennessee offense because the Colts, the is legit. And the Titans offensive line has been banged up. Now, it does sound like DeForest Buckner will miss the game. So, I mean, that takes a little bit away, well, quite a bit away from the, the Colts' D. But I still think they're going to be fine. And I'm sure 
Derrick Henry will get a little bit, and A.J. Brown will get a little bit, but when it comes down to it, I think it's the Colts game. Phillip Rivers is questionable with the toe injury, but likely to pe- play. And the the run game should be interesting because it's going to be Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, and since you got Jonathan Taylor on the goddamn COVID list, and Tennessee is 27th versus opposing running backs. So I really like Naheem Hines, and I think Wilkins is probably worth a flex play too. Michael Pittman, I'm just enjoying more and more each and every week, so I'm definitely throwing him in because that's becoming Philip Rivers' go-to guy, I do believe. I do believe, do believe, do believe. And then we move on to the late games. <laughs> Starting with New Orleans at Denver. Now this is uh, Taysom, Taysom Hill round two versus a pretty good Denver defense and an offense that uh, doesn't have a quarterback. Because, uh, is it Driscoll? I think it's Driscoll tested positive. And uh, Drew Locke and the other two, Ripping and Bortles, they're all because of contract tracing, contact tracing, blah, 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 blah. Contact tracing. They'll have to set out the games as well. Oh, my goodness, this is terrible. So, they have... Let me see if I can get this. They have potentially... A wide receiver that will... <laughs> You're going to love this. What's, this. what's this dude's name? One second. One second. Oh, that's a great tweet. It's BS that the Broncos are playing this game, but I can't wait to see what happens, to be honest. That's a great, great tweet. At RK Ryan Koningsberg. If I said that name right. So it could be Royce Freeman. <laughs> Because he's throwing a pass in college. But goodness, what is this dude's name? All right, one second, one second. You know what? I can't find. I thought I had the name written down somewhere. Kendall Hinton. That's his damn name. Kendall Hinton. That would be really crazy if they did something like, oh, I don't know, beat the Saints. <laughs> But it, 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 there could be a wide receiver named Kendall Hinton playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> this is so, why is their game still what, I, like? Now we'll see because the, the the Ravens are supposed to play Tuesday and Lamar Jackson's out. Their top two running backs are out. So if the Ravens still have to play, then maybe the Broncos can chill out a little bit. But if they post game. Postpone that game again? Oh. oh, what a mess, what a mess. Back to the Denver game. Defensively, Denver will probably do a pretty good job, I imagine, better than Atlanta's defense, especially it's in the Mile High City. That's always a slight advantage, whether the fans are there or not. I think Kamara, you got to temper your expectations because, it, you know, he could get a lot of run in this game, but maybe not. Because with Taysom running quarterbacks, they, they don't, you know... Instead of those little dump-offs to the running back, they, they, they are, are like more likely to take off and run. And you know, that's what Taysom Hill wants to do. He wants to run a little bit. And then I imagine, you know, Michael Thomas will get a little bit of work, but I really kind of temper an expectations just because it is only second, the second game of Taysom Hill. And 
again, the Broncos' defense is pretty fucking solid, so I think all that has to be taken into consideration. But in the same token, unless Kendall Hinton comes out and uh, plays some fucking great quarterback, which wouldn't that be amazing if he did? <laughs> unless they have something miraculous happen, the offense isn't likely to do much at all tomorrow against a very good Saints defense, right? Number one against the run, and the Broncos were really having success against the run. And so they're probably going to have to throw, and this could get ugly. But crazier shit's happened in the NFL. We'll see. I do think Noah Fant is the one, one guy on that Denver offense you can trust. The one guy. I just see, like, him just catching a short pass and just trucking people for a night. For a nice big, nice big game. Next, next game. Let's get out of there. Let's get out of there. Our next game is San Francisco at the L.A. Rams. Divisional matchup. San Francisco's going to have to run for several reasons. You got Nick Mullins at QB, number one. The Rams' D is first against opposing wide receivers. That's number two. And I do think, even though the Rams are fairly good against uh, the run, that... Shanahan's good enough to scheme shit up. He's going to be able to make some things happen. And it does look like there's a good chance we see some Raheem Mostert. The Mustard Man is back. The Mustard Man. The Mustard Man can. And if he plays, I'm playing him everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere. Even against the tough Rams defense. Because you know Mostert, he's always good for breaking out a couple. Really been impressed with him. Really have. Because I thought after last year... You know, this tends to happen. Guys have flashy years like that. Alex Collins, anybody? <laughs> God, what was that? Another another Ravens running back. Justin Forsett. Yeah. Both guys, former Seahawks, then went to the right. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. But you have something like that. And I thought, I honestly thought Mostert was probably more along that line. But when you see what he did... In the Niners offense compared to, and I know they've had injuries to wide receiver, to quarterback, and now Kittle's out. I understand that. But when you look at Mostert's production compared to McKinnon, Coleman, Hasty, any of them, and I and I like all those guys actually, but if you look at it, Mostert's production is much better. So that's they, Mostert being in there could make a difference. That's all I'm saying. And I like him if he plays. For the Rams, they're likely to air it out. San Francisco D is a little bit stingier against the run, but not so much against the pass. And uh, no Debo... Oh, well, it does look like Debo Samuel is going to play, but Brandon Ayuk on the COVID list. So, so, and obviously no George Kittle and anything like that. So, again, this brings me back to Raheem Mostert. That's what I think is going to happen. Ah, yeah. Love me some mustard, man. You're the mustard man. Okay, I'm done. Next game. Casey at TB. The Chiefs at the Bucks. And uh, Tampa Bay's D may be able to, uh, you know, put up a little bit of the clamp down on the Chiefs offense. Obviously, I don't think they're going to stop it. No, no, no. But they could give it a little bit of a trouble, right? Now, the key to this one, because I do believe you're going to play the Chiefs players you want to play because they're going to find a way to do what they do. The key is, 
even though the Chiefs have a pretty solid defense, it's not a uh, world beater, right? It's, it can be beaten. And I think this is a good bounce-back game for the Bucks. I don't think they win. I think KC wins. Oh, I've been missing all my picks. <laughs> Colts are going to beat the Titans. Saints are going to beat the Broncos. Rams are going to beat the Niners. And in this game, Chiefs. But I do think the Bucks do bounce back, and they make it very, very close. I think they're going to get behind a solid run game. You get a little Rojo and a little Fournette action. And then I think that Chiefs defense, I mean, fuck if you're running the ball and making sure that uh, you're keeping defenses honest and things like that, I mean, Brady's going to be able to take his deep shots. He's going to be, if he, you just give him a little bit of time, just a little bit of time, and he's going to make you pay because those, the, the Chiefs secondary, they can't, they can't cover everyone. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You got Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. You could even say Scotty Miller and Cameron Brait. Tyler Johnson. Holy fuck. Tough team to compete with. They can't cover everyone. They can't cover everyone. But the Bucks won't be able to do enough to stop the Chiefs. They win the game. Next, we move into Sunday Night Football. Where we go to Lambeau Field in a divisional clash. An NFC North divisional clash. The Bears at the Packers. <sighs> and in this, the return of Mitchie T to the starting lineup of the Bears. But no matter, no matter. There's still a bad offensive line. No run game to speak of. And surely, Allen Robinson will be okay. But what's say for the rest of the offense? No, this is bad news for the Bears. And as good as that defense is, what will they do? When Green Bay is smashing them in the face because they're exhausted from continually being on the field because the Bears' offense can do no such moving. Sorry, I don't know why I did like part of that in like a medieval time British for, <laughs> but I just uh, bad news for the Bears. Just not a good offense, not a good. Eh. Mitch will get a little more mobile. He'll be able to cause a little havoc that way. But he also can't pass. I mean, this is just is But for the 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 Packers, they do have a tough defense they're facing, and I did. But at the same time. Rodgers is going to be ready to come back, kick some ass, and look good doing it, you know. And I think they will. Bears are second versus wide receivers against opposing wide receivers. And so, while some people are thinking, ah, some Alan Lazard action, if MVS sits, because he is questionable. And he was added to the injury report late, so I, it's going to be very iffy for MVS to play. And then that would put Lazard in you know, a decent spot. But I think Tanyan's got a better shot of making an impact in the game because I think the only wide receiver consequence is Devontae Adams, and I think he has a game regardless. But so does Aaron Jones. 
but it'll be good to kind of keep an eye on Alan Lazard if MVS does miss. Over the next few weeks, it'll be interesting to see who out of the two really takes over that wide receiver two spot. Maybe they're just kind of a wide receiver two A and wide receiver two B, huh? Something like that. <laughs> oh, and that's the prognosis for week 12. Ah. May I please have your attention? The store will be closing in five minutes. That's right. Time to close up shop, get this pot over with, so everyone can get the fuck on their happy way, their merry ways, right? Right. Not that I don't enjoy speaking with all of you, because I do. I'm mad, and I like to chat, so that's what I do. But it is that time. I do believe I need some foods. Perhaps a little rest. But first, I must go finish the infirmary. So do not forget to check in the morning as you're popping this. Then this is what you can do. Wake up. Get yourself a bowl of cereal. May is Sunday. Maybe you do nice breakfast with some eggs, hash browns, some French toast. I love French toast. It's so yum. Get yourself a nice breakfast. Pop you on some, some Fantasy Madness podcast. And check that out, and then go ahead and give over a look over of the infirmary report on playerprofiler.com. Do not forget in the moan, which is probably right now if you're listening to this because this is coming out Sunday morning once again. So, before we go, just wanted to point out, you know, I had if you listen to my miscellaneous debris podcast, it's basically called Turkey Observations because I did. You know, observations over the whole holiday week. You know, kind of observations on people being crazy and traveling and shit regardless of the, you know, the raging pandemic. And, you know, and things like that. The craziness in football. But also, that metal monolith that was found in the middle of fucking desert, just nowhere in Utah. Crazy shit. You know what else is in Utah? Skinwalker Ranch. That fucking crazy place. I mean, I mean, I know this is likely something from just an art artist or something like that trying to be all, you know, hip and cool. And yeah, I don't understand it. <laughs> if I did something cool, I'd kind of want to recognize it. But I guess that would be nice. You know, have one thing where you're like, I did that. And everybody likes it, but nobody knows that it was me. That is kind of intriguing, I guess, a little bit. But... You see this thing, and it does remind you, like, oh, a creepy alien object found in the middle of the fucking desert in Utah. What's going on? <laughs> but I do think there is stuff. There there has been artifacts found before. I don't think that's one. I think people are right. It's probably an artist doing something wacky. But it's interesting. It's interesting, right? So I get a, a little bit into that on the miscellaneous debris podcast talking about just uh, you know alien type stuffs and how how you know if they could have visited the earth at some point in the past you know you know and if they visited us recently and what are those unidentified aerial phenomena that you see in the sky what is that anyway i digress <laughs> okay Let's roll the fuck out here. Let's do it. Let's do it. As always, much love to everyone. Thank you for joining me. Much appreciated. 
honestly, it's 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 a joy for me to do it because I get something out of it. Because again, I love to just sit here and run my mouth. To be honest, I'm not gonna lie. And it soothes me. It's a it's a little bit par- therapeutic, as I've mentioned before. And so, anyone that does get something out of this as well, I very much appreciate you and appreciate the support. So, as always, stay safe, stay vigilant, and stay mad because all the best of us are. That's right. That's right. And have a great Sunday. And hell, since I'm releasing this so late... We'll be chatting again before you know it. <laughs> right, right. Yes, sir. chatting again before you know it. Okay. So, until then, ta-ta for now. Laters! Welcome to the show. The man is here. Ah. Good luck.